my name is Emily Hernandez. And I'm Tanuja Ramchal. This is Seek Human Spaces podcast, where we explore how to embrace our humanness while smashing oppressive norms. Today, Emily and I are going to be talking about switching career paths. And I know, Emily, in a previous podcast episode that we did, you talked about how you uh, had initially started on a pre-pre-med path and ended up switching to psychology. So walk us through that. What was that process like, making that change? So I'm not going to give too much away um, so that people go and listen to the first podcast about failure because that definitely ties into it. But um, ultimately, the, the reason why I changed, the reason why I pivoted was because I wasn't being true to myself and I hadn't properly defined what success looked like for me. And I, I think that's a very common experience. I almost take comfort in the fact that now I'm seeing students go through that because then it, you realize you're not alone in it, right? It's not a failure. It's not uh, a giving up. It's more of like course correcting the path that you're on. And it really was, you know, I we did the podcast on the immigrant experience and it really was just coming to terms with how I can translate my experience, my culture um, that I inherited, who I am now, the world I exist in now, and who I hope to become in the future, right? It's a lot of things that happen simultaneously when you're choosing a, a major and a career. And I think it's so powerful to take the time to really figure out what it is that you want and what you can see yourself waking up doing every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, no one dreams of work. Like no one dreams of, you know, retiring at 75, but we do all have goals and we do have a dream life and a dream version of ourselves. And I definitely feel like if we take the time to develop the discipline of even being true to ourselves, of setting the boundaries and standing on them, then it becomes a little bit easier to discover what it is that really is our life's calling. When you say being true to yourself, that totally resonates with me being a career changer myself. What does that mean to you, being true to yourself? I think it's very nuanced because we all have different faces of ourselves, right? Um, To me, it, it really means doing impactful things, you know, having meaningful connections with people, building community, and doing work that I'm proud of. This work, psychology in general, is is very integral to my core because it helps me stand on my boundaries. It helps me realize, you know, what fits, what feels nice when I put it on and what doesn't, you know. Um, And it took me a long time to really realize how creative and how fluid I can be even in a field that is people-facing because we all have different approaches. Psychologists have lots of things in common, but we all do it in our own way, right? We all have our own spice, our little pizzazz to it. So yeah, doing meaningful work, building community, being creative, being fluid, um, and being able to see people grow, I think, to me personally, is very important. Um, Coming from someone that exists in a very collectivistic culture, right? It's kind of like seeing the way people develop and expand and, and bloom. Yeah. What I like about that is you are able to integrate your own lived experiences 
as well as the stuff that you learned in school. So it's not just choosing this major in isolation or in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It was using experiences that you already had and drawing from that. And again, going into medicine and uh, psychology, there are different fields. Mm -hmm. And it seemed that you were choosing them for different reasons as well. So given that obviously you made that switch, was that difficult? Absolutely. Uh, I was letting down a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I was letting everyone down, essentially. Everyone but myself. That was the first time in my life that I was putting myself first. And that I was saying, this is what I need to do for myself. My mom had always told me that I that I wanted to be a doctor to the point where I believed it, right? And even in changing, like I remember having that conversation with my parents after I had already changed my major. Like, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Um, my dad was like, oh no, you can be a nurse. It's okay. I'll be okay with you being a nurse. And it's like, no, this is not, it's not about, I can't handle the coursework for a doctor. It's about, this is not making me happy. Mm -hmm. And I I definitely feel like that's difficult, but it's growing pains. You you learn so much about yourself and your own resilience and your own ability to love yourself. Yeah, and that's the maturity process in terms of trusting yourself and in terms of making those decisions, knowing you're going to disappoint people. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's also something that it's hard for people to to understand, especially I, I feel for students. They're so accustomed to making decisions based on what other people tell them to do or what other people want. And it's this fear of disappointing mm-hmm. others. And regardless of what decisions, this is for me having life experience and going through several career pivots, knowing that you're going to disappoint people no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you might as well disappoint them doing something that you really care about. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my approach. And and it comes back to what you were saying, like knowing yourself, knowing your values, independent of what other people want for you. Because I also believe that people are so afraid of being stuck on a path. It's not the commitment itself to a path, but it's that the fact that they're going to be stuck on that path forever. Especially when you're very young in your career, it can seem like the decision is a forever decision. Did you feel that way with um, any of the career choices that you made, whether that was with with medicine or with psychology? Yeah, I mean, I think when you start college, you're in a stage where you don't really realize how low stakes life is. Um, nothing is do or die. And and it took me a while to really realize how nothing is set in stone. And that is good. You need to take comfort in the fact that absolutely nothing will stay the same. And I also find that a lot of students get uncomfortable with how fluid certain liberal arts majors and careers are, right? So while I was scared of being a doctor and, and doing that for the rest of my life, I was also scared of all the options I had in psych. There mm-hmm. was no determined path for me. I could do whatever. And now as an, an adult, I realize how comforting it is to know that I can pivot to whatever feels best and that everyone does it. There are people that have undergrad degrees in theater and then end up in psychology. 
or public affairs and then end up teaching. Like it's so common and it's so comforting to know that in any moment I can decide I want to regain control of my life and do something meaningful for me and who I am right now. And I also learned that every single major, every career is going to teach you hard skills and soft skills you can implement across the board as long as you have the discipline, the experience, and the love for what you're doing. You know, I find it interesting when you say that with psychology, for example, you have all of these options. And with medicine, it's no longer so much about choice because then you have a uh, a defined path that you're going on. Of course, you can choose a specialization and all of that. But with psychology, it seems far more open. And for me, when I think of that, it, it seems like, oh, I actually get to be creative and I get to mm-hmm. be innovative. And at the same time, a lot of people are scared uh, about that because then it introduces, oh, well, uh, what if I get it wrong? Right. As opposed to choosing this defined path, which is like, oh, I'm just going to be successful on this path, which is not necessarily true, as we see in your case, where it was not aligned with your values and who you are. But the fear is a big part of that. The fear of getting it wrong, the fear of failure, the fear of what other people will think. And I believe it's not talked about a lot in terms of this decision, because people are like, oh yeah, just change your major. And it seems easy enough, but there's a lot that's going on for a lot of people when they're uh, making that decision. In an episode on uh, choosing an unconventional career path, we were talking about this idea as well of quitting and how it gets you know, such a bad reputation in, in terms of, oh, you're a quitter and you shouldn't be a quitter as though quitting is a bad thing. And I feel quitting is such a great skill that we need to learn because we need to know when to let go of things that are not working as opposed to staying the course. And I see this show up in the career process, specifically when when you're talking about like someone getting a degree in a certain field and say it's their third year and they realize this is not the right path. And then they think, well, I don't want to waste two years of my life. But then are you thinking about the next 40 years? We are conditioned to think this way. And it prevents us from truly trusting ourselves, truly going in the direction that we want to go. And if, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, I would say there's nothing wrong with quitting. It's just part of being a human. And even the word is not bad. It's just that we've been programmed to think that way. I think there is so much power and so much bravery in quitting. It is so much easier to just stay, right? And I think it's almost silly for students to say, well, I've already wasted, wasted as if it's a waste, two years of my life in this major. I didn't change until, psych, until I was a junior. And yeah, that meant I needed to stay a little bit longer and take summer courses. But this was a point in my life where I was never going to go back to the freedom I have. I was never going to experience just doing what I want and and not having any sort of real, you know, I say that lightly, real repercussions. Because of course there are repercussions, but there is so much liberty and so much space to discover what it is that you love. When we talk about unconventional careers, it's so impactful, especially in this generation. There are people that have degrees and make more off of social media than they do off of their degree. 
you don't like it makes no sense for you to go to college get a 4.0 but you had no internships you have no work experience you made no connections you spoke to no one there there's nothing because somebody with a 2.9 is going to get the job before you because of what they did what they experienced who they know how they talk in the interview how true they are to themselves so it's so arbitrary to say to to attach yourself to these things that hold no meaning like when you walk across the stage nobody asks you oh what did you major in and what did you get in calculus nobody asks you that it's congratulations you did it now what are you going to do next yeah and when you said that about uh, regarding a degree that you can have the 4.0 and then you don't have anything else i always say to students that if you do that just go through the motions and get a degree it's just a very expensive piece of paper that's Absolutely. all it is you know what people hire you for at the end of the day is the value that you provide of course if you're going to become a surgeon you need to go through medical school i don't want somebody who to- who just walks up the street and says hey i learned to operate on somebody by you know by doing this on my own but there are many many different areas that you you can learn those skills from many different spaces like even the work that i do now yes i have two degrees but a lot of what i draw on in terms of helping people in their career is from my lived experiences and things i've learned outside of school and a lot of times people are just writing on this degree that it becomes their identity and that's not what a degree is a degree is just you're getting qualified for a certain field and you also have to check in with yourself if that's a field that you're truly interested in because if you're just getting qualified for something because somebody tells you this is a field that's really hot right now or this is a field that you're going to make a lot of money but your heart is not in it Yes, you may go after this and you may get jobs and everything else, but if you don't believe you're valuable, you're probably not going to show up very confident. You're probably not going to take risks. This is where you might feel stuck. And feeling stuck I feel is because you're sticking to something that's not right for you. You don't have to stick to something because that's what where you started out. When you're making career decisions, you're not making a forever decision. And one of the things I've seen with my own career as well, I am a multifaceted individual, as is everyone listening to this podcast, as is Emily. We're not this, you know, Emily is not just a psychologist or Tanusha is not just a career coach. We're multifaceted individuals and trying to just stick yourself into a box that says, psychologist or that says career coach or that says accountant, you're limiting yourself as opposed to seeing yourself as more fluid, where you can change your mind, you can do something different. It's about what aligns with you. And at every moment you have information and the information I had 10 years ago is not the same information I have now based on the experiences. And I'm not going to make the same decisions that I made if I'm growing. So it, it's also about acknowledging that with growth, you are going to change. And if you're resisting that process, that's where you're going to end up just sticking to something. And that's where I see a lot of people believe there's no way out when the only thing they're stuck in is that fear that they can't leave. And I also want to bring it back to the fact this is how we've been conditioned to think about career. And there's a reason for it. It's by design that we've been conditioned to think about 
about it this way as well, where you know our value gets tied into what what we choose, that we feel if we lose that, that our value is gone. But to realize that if you walk away, your value does not diminish; it comes with you. Absolutely, and and even more so, you know, further breaking down quitting. You don't need to quit with no backup plan. Like you can quit already having developed a skill set that you can pivot into the career that you want to, or you can quit with an idea of what you want to do, or you can quit to pursue something. Comp- like I always tell, I tell everyone around me, college is not for everyone. And if you need to drop out, drop out, drop out with a plan. But let's say you're dropping out to go to trade school. Maybe you really like being a plumber and that's what you want to do and your parents don't get it. You can open up your own business and implement those skills that you're learning in your finance courses and create a plumbing empire. (laughs) And it's feasible, especially in this generation, in this day and age where we have so much access to everything all at once, right? How are we utilizing it? What type of content are you consuming? What type of information are you bringing in into your space, into, into your mind? right? Are you just sitting there looking at people do silly things? Or are you learning, actively learning about things that make you happy? And even more so, do what you love. Do what you love until you love what you're doing full time. Sometimes we need a career and a side hustle. Sometimes it's just the reality. In this economy, you might need two side hustles. But a lot of the times, those side hustles are where your interest actually lies and where your heart actually is. And then with time, with discipline, you'll see how it blooms and it'll grow. This career, this major took four years. Why are you assuming that your side hustle is not going to take just as long, right? So it's so we really need to sit down and define what it is that we want, who we are, and what success looks like. Because you can be an accountant and work in a a psychology-based field right? Or be a teacher and teach or work in corporate America or work at a school or work at a hospital. Like there's so much flexibility where your skills will transfer as long as you're willing to apply them. And I just think it's so important that people really realize that it's just four years. You have the rest of your life. Up until this point, you've only ever been a kid. Who I was at 19 is not who I am now at 24. And I know that at 25, I'll be a completely different person. By the end of the fall semester, I'll be a completely different person. So I understand the fear. I understand the anxiety. And I just wish people would realize that it's really not that do or die. And I I would admit that it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in terms of making that change. But it's I believe it's it's uncomfortable because we are going against such strong programming, right? Because when you have everybody believing that this is how you should approach your career and you're looking to do it differently, it's going to be uncomfortable. But it's not uncomfortable because you're doing something wrong. It's because you're actually unlearning this programming and you're you're starting to make decisions based on what's right for you. And that can feel, you know, that can actually bring up a lot of fear because all of a sudden somebody who was mentoring you, you'll feel that, well, they'll they'll be disappointed. Because what Emily was also saying earlier in terms of, you know, thinking it's do or die, 
and how we've been conditioned to have this binary way of thinking as well. It's all or nothing. If I leave this field, it's like I have nothing else to do. As opposed to actually, if I leave this field that I don't have an interest in, I open up the options. It's like if I go to a restaurant and they have beef and broccoli and I don't like beef and broccoli and I decide that's not what I want to choose. It doesn't mean that I have nothing else to eat. You know, it means that it opens up the options to choose anything else from the menu. And if you're looking at it from this black or white place as it's this thing or nothing at all, that's when it's going to feel like do or die. If you're believing that it's this one choice that I'm going to make and it has to be the right choice, that's also where you're going to get tripped up because life is messy. It's not going to be this thing. It's like where it's like everything is going to be wrapped up in a bow and presented to you. And the messiness is part of the journey that you have to go through. And especially in career, it's going to be figuring things out. It's going to be the growth process. I always like to think of it as the caterpillar as it's transforming into the butterfly. It's a really messy process. You know, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and it basically disintegrates into mush. It's also one of the reasons I tell people to stay away from identifying with their career as in I am an accountant or I am a therapist and to start seeing it as what you do right and what you do can be many different things so I help organizations with their accounting or I paint houses or I provide plumbing services to my clients it's an important distinction because then it's just what you're doing. It's not who you are. Because when that job become, becomes your identity, now all of a sudden, if you're thinking of making a change, that can seem like a disruption to your identity. And it happened to me when I was in, um, in financial services, where all I had done until that point was work in finance. What felt secure to me was my career. And just holding on to that, because now if this job was gone I didn't even know who I was anymore and for me that process also is what helps me to help people in their career having gone through that a question that I like to ask people as well when they're thinking oh I'm gonna I'm gonna lose four years of my life or I'm gonna lose my status or whatever I often ask them what is it costing you to stay where you are and that's when it, you know, it, it really sinks in. And another question is, what is it that you, you can gain by leaving, right? Because this is also where you can see the flip side of quitting, where you can start to see options. Yeah. And, and, you know, thank you for bringing up fear because when we talk about like, what are you really sacrificing, right? I'm going to get real vulnerable for a moment. Um, before I made the decision to switch to psych, I had a lot of conversations with my college advisor with my OG like anybody that knows him knows he's he's real yeah he'd be preaching um and he really spoke to me and we had a lot of conversations of what it truly is that I love to do and how privileged am I to say you know I love what I do because it is a privilege uh and in that moment you know where I was deciding between pediatrics and and psychology and therapy I remember I, I looked at him and I started to cry and I was like I love psychology so much I'm so scared of messing it up I'd rather not do it like that was my fear of loving something and not being good enough for it 
And when you release that, that feeling, that fear, when you cry, when you get it out, it's like, you are worth doing what you love. You deserve to do what you love. It's not a matter of, will I make enough money? No, it's, do you love it? Do you wake up in the morning and say, I love this? I don't love 100% of my job. I hate excels. I made one today. <laughs> but there are components of it that you don't like. You're not going to like it 100% of the time. But it's those small moments, those small things that you're like, yes, this is what fuels me. This is what keeps me going. For me, it's the relationship I built with my students. It's the community that I have. It's being able to mess up and it's okay because it's not so high stakes in my field. I mean, it is, but not to how it is in other fields, like in medicine, like if you're operating and you mess up, that's a lot. Um, but just being able to sit to sit with your fear and really acknowledge where it's coming from. And, it's, and sometimes, you know, it comes from a fear of letting other people down. And sometimes it comes from, like for me, feelings of unworthiness of just not believing in yourself and not trusting yourself, right? So I, I really had an identity shift where I started to see, you know, I love this. I want to do it. I want to be good at it. What skills can I learn to be good at it? And what can I bring from the biology and chemistry courses I hated? What can I bring over that are going to help me become a better version of myself so that I can fill in the expectations I have for myself. I think it's so important that we clearly define what are our expectations and what are outside expectations and how feasible are they? Because sometimes we hold ourselves to unrealistic standards. So something I love to tell people is, would you hold your best friend to that standard? Because you know we all have a best friend that we love. Sometimes that's a sister, a cousin, sometimes it's not. And, and we're so kind to them. You know, we give them all the support unconditionally. Why can't we do that for ourselves? What expectation am I holding myself to that's unattainable, that's unrealistic, that's just hurting me in the long run? It takes a lot of self-reflecting to figure out what you want to do and a lot of just being honest. And I know, you know, that can take courage, but it shouldn't take courage to, mm -hmm. to do that. It should just be the easiest decision in terms of trusting yourself and, and knowing this is what it is that I know is right for me. When you also talk about your advisor and having that conversation, that is great that you had an advisor to listen to you and also somebody who where you felt safe enough to share that. We talked about this, I believe, in our podcast on failure in terms of finding people who support you, who can, where you feel that you're listened to, where you feel heard, where you feel seen. And the fact that you felt safe enough to be vulnerable says a lot about the relationship with, with that person. Because also if you're performing for your advisor, that mm -hmm. is a sign, right? Like your advisor should be a space where you go in and you're just being very honest and where you can say, this is not working out. This doesn't feel like it's the path that is true to who I am or I'm feeling anxious and I see everybody succeeding in this field and I feel like a failure to have that conversation because those are real and human things that you're feeling. It's not something to be ashamed of. But a lot of times people are not wanting to talk about that because of the reception that they'll get on the other side. You can change your mind. You can do something different. 
And I also love when Emily says, you don't need a degree. It might not be the popular opinion, but you don't need a degree to be successful. What people hire you for at the end of the day is for the value that you provide. And it's about you having that conviction in yourself. A lot of times I see people get a degree, but they're not convinced themselves that they're valuable in that field. And then they show up and they're like, oh, so what do I say at this networking event? Or what do I say in the interview? Well, if you are not believing in yourself that you need somebody else to tell you what you should say, you want to ask yourself, is this really the field that I, I want to be in? Or is this the field that's right for me? But if somebody's coming in and they're like, oh, yeah, just hire me because this is how I'm going to pay the bills and I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to be able to to live. Why would you want to hire them? I've had cases of that, like where I was interviewing someone and I said, "What? why do you want this job? And and the person said to me because of the money. And I <laughs> I mean, I was totally shocked and I ended up giving him feedback in the interview because I'm like, like, that's not. If I'm hiring you, I'm hiring you because you come in and you're meeting needs of the organization, or I'm hiring you because of the value that you're bringing. I'm not hiring you to pay you money. I mean, that that happens, yes, but that's not why I'm hiring you. And I feel a lot of times for people, they just get stuck in that part of it. Because of course, when career becomes about survival, the money is important, but it's to see that the reason that you get paid is because of the value that you're bringing and it can be the most popular major that you have but if you're not excited about it or if you're not excited to provide value to people you're probably gonna not make as much money as somebody who doesn't even have a degree but they care so much about what they're doing and they care about other people and they care about providing service that that is how they're showing up and that is why people hire them in terms of making that switch for me, the important thing is that you're being honest with yourself, that you're allowing yourself to be messy, that you're not making yourself wrong for wanting to do something else, to recognize that career is a long game. It's something that we've mentioned in other podcast episodes before. You're not making this forever decision. And even when you make a decision in your career, you can get out, you know, because if you can get out, that's when you feel trapped. If you believe that you can get out, but you can get out of anything. You know, Emily has done it. I have done (laughs) it. I know countless other people who have done it, but you have to find those examples as opposed to surrounding yourself with people who tell you you can't quit or who tell you that you've wasted two years of your life or four years of your life or whatever. If that is the messaging that you're getting, then it's going to cause you to believe that you're doing something wrong when you're not. Anything else that you want to share, Emily? Yeah, before we end, um, I just really want to drive home the point that being authentic to yourself is hard. It's scary. It's hard. I know it. You know, I'm not saying it's not. Um, we all have bad teachers, we all have bad therapists, we all have bad advisors. I know college is notorious for bad advisors, um, guiding us down paths we don't want to go to. So that's why it is so important to build community, find people that get where you're coming from, that maybe challenge you when appropriate, um, and that love you for who you are authentically. 
and then you'll find the space to figure out what you love to do and love doing it. So give yourself that space to find those people to maybe push outside of your comfort zone and speak to people you probably might have never spoken to because you never know. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, thank you for saying that. That being authentic is hard. And I would also say that being authentic is hard in spaces where it's not safe for you to be yourself. If Absolutely. you're in a space where it's safe for you to be yourself, being authentic is the easiest thing in the world. And this is why it's so important to understand the space that you're operating in, because when you're constantly questioning and second guessing yourself, that is most likely a space where it's not safe to be yourself. Because as we said, like being yourself, it's such a beautiful, multifaceted experience that you shouldn't have to limit yourself. But ultimately, that is a lot of the inner work that we have to do as well when we've been programmed from the time that we were born. So check in as well when it feels hard to be yourself, what's going on in the space that you're occupying. So thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Seek Human Spaces. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Catch you next time. And remember to be human. Thank you.